0: It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We are taking your phone calls and Your text messages today. It's a talking Tuesday, 888 855 2297. Go ahead and line up the phone calls right now, or you could text in at 817 290 3298. We are going to hear from Cowboys Nation following the 28 16 loss to the Arizona Cardinals on Monday. We've got the entire crew back in the SWBC studios at the Star, Isaiah Stanback, Mm -hmm. Nick Harris, John Machota. Welcome back, my friend. I'm Kyle Yeomans. John, we haven't Heard from you yet? We'll let you start things off. How does? Uh,
1: what were your overall thoughts on Sunday's loss? Pretty stunned. Yeah, pretty stunned. Uh, I guess it all has to do with what your perspective is on the team and what you think this team's capable of. And I did not think they were capable of playing that poorly, um, mm. particularly on defense. You know, you you lose the three starting offensive linemen. Uh, I can understand some some issues on that side of the ball, but just watching that game over again yesterday, I, I just can't believe. Like, I don't want to say lack of effort, but I just there wasn't that you know that edge that I'm used to seeing this team play with. And there's just too much talent on that side of the ball. And uh, if we're just being complete, completely honest, where our seat is in the press box, um, we are directly right behind where the Cardinals run out of their their thing for pregame warmups. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this is such a cool angle. But there's nobody on their team that like is really I want to like take a video of. (laughs) I mean, that's literally the level that that I mean, I mean, I'm being honest. If if anybody disagrees with me, tell me an NFL team from top to bottom in terms of just a star power standout star that like is worse than that Cardinals team. Hmm. Like I'm not saying that Dobbs and, and, and Connor and all these guys didn't, you know, Rondell Moore, they didn't play well and stuff like that. But I'm saying that roster to do that to your defense, particularly in the first half. I'm stunned. I really am. Like it, it brought me back a little bit to Washington last year at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, a little bit to the Denver game the year before that. Now, they did have big responses to both those games, but I did not think that this team was capable of playing that poorly, and to be honest with you, it knocks me down a little bit on the whole. Like I don't think they're on the same uh, category right now with the Eagles and Niners. I think they're, yeah. they're, they're a step down, and, and I didn't think that was the case going into that game, even knowing... Hey, this could be a trap game, you know, twelve point favorite, whatever. You know, you can't sleep on anybody. I still thought, like, I, I mean, up into the point where even like late in the fourth, I'm like, they'll, they'll get a, they'll get a touchdown here. They'll be right back in this game. The momentum's all on their side. And to me, the most alarming play was that sixty nine yard pass to just have somebody that wide open. I mean, I see that stuff on Saturdays, yep, but on Sundays with a Dan Quinn defense, that was that was just odd to me. I couldn't believe it. Like again, where you're sitting in the press box, you just you're like, whoa. There's a there's a guy there. I'm pretty sure that they have eleven on the field. He seems like he's an eligible receiver. I don't know why he's twenty yards on the field. No one's near him again. Like Saturdays, you see that. Yeah. But from a defense that you think could be the best in the league, that was inexcusable. I mean, we were talking about
0: Legion of Boom. We're talking about seventy Steelers, eighty five Bears. I mean, that was the the trajectory through two weeks. Yeah, it was just two weeks. But none of those things happened to that those defenses, right? Like that. None of the what Arizona did in week three happened to the 85 Bears and the 70 Steelers and the Legion of Boom. Like, that just doesn't happen. Um, Now, they were certainly missing Trayvon Diggs, but it wasn't all Trayvon Diggs that that was missing.
1: Oh, if if they threw the ball all over the yard and you're just like, man, this secondary's got some work to do, which I I couldn't see happening. But I guess after Sunday, I shouldn't say that there's anything I can't see happening because that opened up a new chapter for me where I just – I did not think, but from where this defense is built, I thought that Washington game last year, the Denver game two years ago, were gone. I didn't think that they could fall back down to that type of a level, and so that was uh, that was an eye opener there. That, uh, to be honest, will probably won't sit right with me unless they were to come out of these first five at four and one. And and you go yeah. to San Francisco, you win that game. I could change a little bit on that, but as I sit right now, I see them going three and two through those first five. And 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 who knows? This could be a game they look back on and are like, man, that that I mean, that ends up costing them a division. It costs mm-hmm. them you know playoffs area you know seating or whatever like that. I don't know, but that's. That one uh, that there's no. And then the whole talking about wake up call after the, you play two games. What, who needs a wake up call after two yeah. games? Like that's not needed. I know you got to say something because, it, you know, they're they were stunned. But still, I mean, I don't know why you would need a wake up call after only two two weeks of beating the Giants and Jets. No, it is true. And uh, well said on on all occasions. I want to get more
0: into that here in a little bit. But we are going to do some news and notes. We're bringing it back. I mean, we had news and notes with Rob Phillips. We had news and notes with Patrick Nosey-Walker. Now we're going to start it with Nick Harris. Nick Harris every day is going to give us our news, uh, what you need to to write down, what you need to keep aware of for the Dallas Cowboys. Anything stick out from yesterday? Yeah, so today we're going to
2: highlight uh, the availabilities from yesterday with Mike McCarthy and all three coordinators. Oh, I think I pressed the mute button for a little bit. Uh, Mike strike McCarthy, one. yeah, it was kind of a strike. Half, it was a check It was like swing. a half strike. A oh, check, you check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, held up. Um, Mike McCarthy and all three coordinators, they took time with the, with the media yesterday. We'll start with McCarthy. Asking him about, him about red zone problems, he said that they will spend more time on red zone this week, but they're not going to overreact just yet.
0: Hmm. So more time in the red zone. I mean, when you're working on more time in the red zone, what does that really mean? What are you trying to accomplish there? It's a
3: point of emphasis. Yeah. yeah. Just putting more on it. That is all.
0: That is all. Just bringing attention to how important it is
3: to your team that you can't take advantage of the fact that you're that you're getting down there. You got to get down there. You got to capitalize on it. So you just got to bring that back to the forefront to guys and just say, "Hey, this is not our average portion of the field. Once we work to get down here, we have to end in this drive with six points." Yeah.
1: It's also that was another part of the game that so there's levels to this. The defensive performance to me is on the top level. But next down, I am surprised that they've gotten through three games without throwing a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. I mean, that's pretty yep. wild.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, talking to Dan Quinn yesterday, he was talking about the run defense. Obviously, he was asked about it quite a bit. He called it a tale of two halves, where uh, in the first half, they gave up 181 yards on the ground. It's the most for the franchise in 32 years. Um, and then overall, giving up 7.5 yards per play throughout the entire game, the most in seven years. He said, sometimes you just have a performance that you're not pleased with at all. When you walk around our locker room, you had a lot of pissed off people, and they should be. We were not up to the standard that we had set for ourselves. When you're going through a difficult performance, you do grow from from Them, I would love to say you learn from 40 to nothing, but that ain't the truth. You got to have some adversity and come out the other end to show what you're capable of. These guys are a warrior crew and they will respond like crazy.
0: Mm. It felt like he was a little, uh, it was almost like he was offended in the way that people were talking about the defense and how it didn't look like a Dan Quinn defense. Not offended by the, the. Uh, at least by the, the headlines, because the headlines were what they were and they were the truth. It was more offended because of kind of like what John was talking about initially of a Dan Quinn defense doesn't look like that. At least, especially a dominant Dan Quinn defense doesn't look like what they had against Arizona, but they did look like that. It, it didn't look like a Dan Quinn
1: defense. He said that was one of the things that hurt him the most, I think. So I didn't – maybe I'm reading too much in between the lines there. I couldn't. I couldn't really get a read on if he was talking about – media saying that mm-hmm. or people that text him because he because you know how he mentioned later about like people like about the Trayvon Diggs thing yeah. you know other people in the league reaching out to him and that so I was kind of like I wonder if that he's also talking about like other people in the league that were like damn you know that didn't look like your your, your normal defense or something like that and the thing they he said he was so upset about is the fact that or he called it uh he didn't call it a slap to the face he said like I think he said like five fingers, five to fingers. The, yeah to the face was the fact that when he looks back and he's like, they were right. It doesn't, it didn't look like our defense, you know? So I don't know, maybe I was reading too much into that, but I, I, didn't, I don't think he was talking media, but maybe he was. I don't know.
2: Yeah, you got to the point that I was just about to highlight on that. Um, he had come, it, Dan Quinn always comes out with like an opening statement in his con- press conferences. He's the only one of the four to do it. And um, he had said uh, in that opening statement, he said, uh, Our performance felt like five fingers to the face. And whenever everyone was saying, you know, that this defense didn't look like itself, it was five fingers to the face. And he said, You know, that was tough because it was true. So um, I, I think it's maybe a little bit of self reflection in that moment as well, and also just being disappointed in the overall effort. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it could be just you know people getting on it a little too much who knows um but nevertheless you know he's gonna have an opportunity to bounce back from it this defense overall against a really good uh new england team coming up um next thing i this is really interesting that we we dove into with uh offense coordinator brian schottenheimer yesterday um, Will Greer was signed by the Patriots last week onto their active squad. And he said that he's probably guy. he's probably being interrogated by Bill Belichick at the moment uh, for hand signals and anything else that could help them give uh, <laughs> a little bit of an advantage going into uh, this game on Sunday. And uh, Schottenheimer had a funny quote. He said, um, Will, and, Will and Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott being there as well, Will and Zeke know where the bones are buried. Uh, those are things you talk about. We certainly have more than one hand signal for most of our core concepts. And sometimes you can use it to your advantage. Everybody does it. You get a player that's played somewhere, you bring them in to talk about different things, and you're very selective about how much you put into it. I'm excited to see Will, but I'm sure he's being interrogated. It'll be a lot of late nights with the defensive coaching staff. If only we had somebody,
0: (laughs) somebody on this (laughs) panel, I don't know who...
2: I called it Belichick's spy mission. That would on that the article. played
0: for <laughs> Bill Belichick at some point in his career. I wonder uh, if we had somebody like that. Where what would they say in this moment? I do call it Jesse Holly. Jesse? No, Jesse. <laughs> no, he's on hanging with the boys. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, like like Shadi said,
3: this is a part of the game. You get somebody on your roster, they have information, they have insight. I mean, is Will Greer showing up isn't going to change the world? You already had Zeke on your team, so. Any information that you wanted to attain, it's already attainable. Um, If anybody knows it, I I think Zeke would understand what was going on. Bringing Will Greer just adds another level to it.
2: Yeah, but maybe like new offense, you know, new hand signals, new concepts. He's, 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 he's He's only a month off of it, not eight months off of it, you know. He did just throw 30 for 34 in that offense or I, 29 for 34 or whatever. I hear you. I Dak mean, Prescott was the play caller in that <laughs> Dak game. Dak Prescott was the play yeah, caller. I mean, man. when I
0: was playing with the
3: Giants, I mean, I knew all the hand signals for New England. And, of course, yeah. I mean, you pass that information along, you know, when you go and you help you win a ring. So, I mean, that's, that's a part yeah. of the game.
2: I think the key sentence was we're very selective about how much we put into it. So yeah. I'm sure it'll be, maybe once or twice they'll be like, hey, that looks familiar. Maybe look for this, but don't marry yourself yeah, to
3: it. It really comes in play in the two-minute because, you know, from Shotty's perspective, you could change things up scheme-wise during the game. I could change up some signals. But when it gets hot and heavy and you're blowing and going, the last thing you're thinking about is well, what's the new hand signal that we installed this week? No, you're going back to the same old foundational pillars that you have, and I'm going and I'm and, and Dak's doing his thing, and I'm giving my signals, and that's when it comes to the play. Those those high intensity two minute
0: drill type settings. That's when Dak's going to call what Will knows. And that's I mean for the most part, you can't upend that in a week. No, there's no way that you could upend that in a week. You could change certain things like you said just to throw them off, but outside of that, I mean that's just a minuscule amount of what the entire playbook could open up. Correct.
3: Correct. I mean, it'll only be a small portion of the game, possibly. You know, depending on the situation going into the half or end of the game, but it can come into play for sure. Does it
0: happen? Often, where you purposefully will put out a sign out there that mm-hmm. Will Greer would know, but it's completely opposite that's from what, what it was initially. That's what I'm
3: saying. It would have to be in a two minute situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not really doing that during the game. Yeah. I mean, they're not running no huddle. You know Dallas is getting to the ball. They're getting out the huddle quickly, getting to the ball, but they're not running no huddle, so it's not really going to come into too much play. Check with me's type of deal. Most of the check with me is that Dallas is running. You don't see Dak out there, you know, playing Peyton Manning, or he's up there changing the entire play. You know, yep. with this West Coast offense, you usually just come up. You know, you choose a side that you want to go to if you need to flip something over. You know, you over over, you know, give an over over call because a lot of times the tight ends are on opposite ends, or mm-hmm. you're flipping things around. So. It's not a lot of hand signals in this offense, so there's not a lot to for Will to to give away. But if they do find themselves in a two minute situation, that's when you can have your antennas up to see. Hey, this could
1: possibly hurt you. See, this is what you do for this game. Is that for this one particular one? Because of this, you just do the college thing, and you just come out there, and you have somebody on the sideline that has one of those signs, has like four different, it's got like a Whataburger <laughs> symbol, Tupac, Taylor Swift, Kyle's and face, you know, yeah, Kyle's face, <laughs> nice. and you know when it's that that play I'll card. Smile you for hold the up. camera. I do love how that is used. Not maybe not as much in college as it used to be, but that always just me random out. stuff. I'm like how is that not trickled up to the NFL?
0: Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> That's true because it started high school, and then yeah. you got some colleges. Of course, the colleges you guys ever over do that? you were in college.
1: Blew no. it up. No, I haven't. But you were in you were in a conference that because to me, when I think of it, Oregon, I, I think of Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cared. I was like, well, that looks silly. <laughs> we couldn't stop them either. So
0: <laughs> I was about to say, wait a
2: second. <laughs> uh, the pride of my career was um, that there's a school down in South Texas, Howlettsville. They had used a picture of my dog just because uh, no way. a couple of years ago, I would spent a lot of time around that program. And they were like, we want to use your face. And I'm like, I don't want to use my face. But y'all can use my dog. <laughs> and so I gave them my dog's face. So, yeah, it's the pride of my career. I, I have a picture of it somewhere. i got to find it. But that's yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah, that's you're awesome. going to have to tweet it out later. Yeah, I'm going to sure. see that. That's Last funny. news and note uh, from from yesterday, uh, we had asked my mccarthy just about injuries especially all three up from the offensive line he said he hadn't really had a chance at that point yesterday to uh, to see how those guys were doing they'll know mo- more on wednesday uh, but while they were banged up going into the game not a ton of injuries coming out of the game damon sh- uh Damone clark had kind of banged up his shoulder a little bit but it looks like he'll be all right going forward <laughs> by his own teammate S- steven
1: jones was asked on the 105.3 his radio hit on monday about same thing about beatish uh zach martin and tyler all being um, well, Tyron, Tyler, and Zach, man, that's confusing. Don't tip, sir. Um, all being back for Sunday. He said it's possible. We'll just have to see how the week goes. You got to take each guy week to week. Is it possible? Yes. Do we know for sure? Absolutely not. So,
0: hmm. I, I don't know what to think in terms of injuries right now. Because, like we talked about yesterday, it was we came into the week, We or at least we. we finished our show on Friday we were doing the doing the the bushwhacker and we were getting out of there and we were saying yeah we're going to have some offensive linemen back and then all of a sudden you don't so well, hopefully I mean, they're
1: all back and ready to Mike go Mike McCarthy sounded genuinely surprised by what they had to go through because and 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 felt like it was on him that he didn't get more reps with some of those guys during the week like a TJ Bass you know like Chuma thinking that hey we might have to go with all these guys. I think he was pretty confident from what he was hearing that mm-hmm. hey i 'm going to have at least two of these guys for that game, and so it sounds like there was a lot of scrambling going on right before that game uh, to figure out i mean Zach Mar I mean Tyron Smith was out there warming up like he normally does. I yeah. thought for sure Tyron Smith was playing, and then he, he came out you know fully dressed. Mm-hmm. I will say when he ran out of the tunnel, he did not look like himself. It did look like it was like a. Hey, they want me to win in uniform, I'll come out here, but there's no chance I'm That's going it. today. Like Even in the like, warm-up lines and the stretching lines, I was like, that does not look like Tyron Smith is going to play. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think that they got the prep time that they were hoping or probably should have gotten with those young offensive linemen. But still, even with that being said, I still think that game was there for them in the second half. I really no doubt. Do.
0: Yeah, they, they still should have been good enough to win that game. And I think most Cowboys fans out there that are frustrated with the performance probably thought the same thing. Probably thought something very similar. All right. When we come back, we're taking your phone calls. We're hitting the text line as well, 817-290-3298. That's the text line. The phone call, 888-855-2297.
4: We're talking to Cowboys Nation when we come back after this.
3: Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve.
0: Back to Talkin' Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back into to Talkin' Cowboys here on this Talkin' Tuesday. We're taking your phone calls. We're answering your text messages. Let's start things off on the phone line. Gary in New Mexico as we go out to the land of enchantment. Gary, what's up? You're on Talking Cowboys.
7: Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Thanks for taking my call.
0: Yeah, I appreciate couple you.
7: A po- couple, couple of positive things, and then I got a question for Isaiah that I hope he doesn't take the wrong way. But they really did clamp down on the run in the second half. So it seems like they adjusted and played much better run defense in the second half. The offense... I don't really have a problem with it except for the red zone, but we are running the ball well. We're doing well in between the 20s. We just got to get that red zone stuff fixed. But this brings me to my concern, and I'm not questioning the toughness of the players. Don't get me wrong. But, Isaiah, do you think we're being a little overcautious with some of our players? I mean, because we heard all week, you know, Zach's going to be able to go. The Otis will probably be able to go. And then all of a sudden at the last second, we're sitting three offensive linemen. I mean, at some point, don't you just have to, you know, I'm an old guy. Don't you just have to rub some dirt on it and go out there and play?
3: You know, I respect your question. I appreciate your question. I do believe that there's always that element to it. And I think a lot of these guys that play the game of football, regardless of what team, um, have to do that. Because everybody plays hurt. You know, injuries and and hurt are two different things. I explain that to my kids all the time. I, I do believe that I have wholehearted trust in this training staff. So if they were in a position to play without causing any further damage to something that was going to put you in a bad predicament going forward, then I think that they made the right decision in regards to Tyron. Um, Tyler Biotis, as soon as I heard that he had a hamstring, I knew he wasn't going to play. I mean, I can't sit up here and say that on the air because it's, I don't know, no, right? I didn't hear it's not official word from the training staff, but anytime an office lineman hurts his hamstring, he's going to be out. It just is what it is. Um Zach Martin, that was that was a surprise to me in terms of the whole ankle. We understood that he had a couple of plays in a previous game that kind of almost really put him out and that's why they got him out of there. Like, hey, okay, we've kind of <laughs> we we've, we've had our luck. Our luck almost ran out on Zach. So I, I understand taking care of him, but I understand your concern in terms of putting your you know, the team not having their guys when they possibly could have still played. There's a there's give and take to that. You know, you go out there, you play Zach Martin, you play Tyron Smith, and all of a sudden those guys go out there and they make their injuries worse that they, if you keep them out, they could be healthy within a week. But if you play them, they could be out for possibly three weeks if they make it worse, right? So there's, there's give and take on that. So you have to be smart about how you're,
1: how you're managing those guys, especially early on in the season. And I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical here. I'm sure there were plenty of people that think going into that game when it starts and you find out, oh, all three of those aren't playing, is that because it's Arizona? Would it be the same if they were playing San Francisco? I'm just saying that there's a lot of people I guarantee that it, would it be I've the same if it was a playoffs? There has to be people that I that think that I'm I mean, not saying yeah. that they would, but I but just want to there, know your people, thoughts people on it. People
3: are that. gonna ask that question. I mean, but the reality is you're in the first quarter of your season and you're 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 talking about guys that you have to have. These aren't skill position players that you just the next man up. Like these guys, like you have to you have to protect these guys, you know, is and these guys are gonna get beat up. It's not like they're they may or may not get hit at some point this season. You know, okay, is it, is it a concussion? Okay, we could, we could probably run them some routes that, you know, keep them away from getting hit by safeties. Like, no, these guys are going to get hit every single play. These guys are going to be, you know, putting their foot in the ground and talking about ankles and knees. These guys are going to have to bear this weight of other guys for 60, but well, from Dallas' standpoint, they're running 80 plays a game. You know for for 17 games so there is a management aspect to it especially when you when you have older players
1: and then to the caller's point like you know talking about how being old school rubs some dirt on it and things like that I will say that the we have more information now than ever before mm-hmm. I think that's why you see so much of the you know load management in the NBA because of the fact that there's just is a lot more data that you know and that's why all these guys are all wearing all the I don't won't say the brand because I don't know which one the Cowboys use yeah I don't either but uh I think it's Maybe I shouldn't say. It's, I think it's catapult, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, like they're all wearing those GPS. yeah, they're yeah. wearing the GPS monitors on them like practice, you know, games. I, I mean, all the colleges are like that now too. So it's like there is a lot more information than there used to be, so you you have to account for that as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was talking with Patrick Walker on the sideline uh before the game whenever we found out that Tyron was probably not going to be able to go. And he asked me and it was an interesting question. He was like, "If this was week 16 and they were fighting for playoff positioning, do all three of these guys play?" And I was like, Probably. Probably. Definitely if it's a playoff game. Definitely if it's playoff game. Yeah, but at that game, point, but...
3: again, that goes back to the point I just made in terms of this is load management. Like, yeah, this, yeah. This is like risk, risk risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if, if you drop a game, which they did, they drop a game, okay, it sucks. Absolutely it sucks, regardless of who the opponent is. But guess what? You know that these guys are going to be healthy most likely this coming week. Yeah. You know, you'd rather have that going forward than than risking them re-injuring or making it worse. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Cincinnati was holding their breath yesterday.
1: Yeah. The other, the, yeah. Other, the other issue with a lot of this is is that w- not only do they have more information, we have more information. We know about all these teams, all these other injuries that if it wasn't for social media and the internet, you probably wouldn't know about a lot of this stuff, let's say, 20 mm-hmm. years ago about each individual team. And so I think a lot of people will see these certain things, and it's almost like it becomes, oh, this is the injury? Three to four weeks. This is it? This is because of all these other players. And and that's not the case. Human beings, everyone's differently. I mean, I'll give you a great example on the positive side for the Cowboys is Terrence Steele. Most people, if you look at the injury he had, you would not think that he'd be back to where he is this quickly. And then other players might have the same injury, and it might take them a little bit longer. You don't know from player to player what's it going to be. I mean, Steven said yesterday on the radio, now he said Tyler, so that could be Smith, could be, be Adish. I took it as he was talking about Tyler Smith. And he said that they thought that was going to be three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's back after he's in Tyler Smith is back, you know, in the third game. So it ended up only being two weeks. But, you know, you don't know for sure. So but there is so much information out there now where you're like, oh, Burrow, calf, Dak had calf. Let's see how many weeks and he will be back week seven. And if he's not, then there's something wrong. Like It's like everybody's different. You don't know for sure. I mean, they're projections.
0: Yeah, it, not even to, to talk specifically about that, but to, to look ahead and to, to make those armchair trainer. I mean, you've always had armchair quarterbacks. Now you've right. got these armchair trainers that are out there as well. Let's not put these guys in harm way, harm's way. We're going to get that information this week too. Right. W- whether or not they're in practice, whether they're, in the, they're ready for the game, that's when we're going to see whether or not they could have gone on Sunday. Because if they're both in practice, in pads tomorrow, then it's like, okay. Maybe this was a load management. Maybe this yeah, was I mean, a question mark. Also, also to the point, I mean, you're, yes, you're
3: playing Arizona. That plays that plays a role in it as sure. well, right? So not because Arizona's a lesser opponent, but because if your guys are not prepared to go over the next few weeks because you made the decision to play them in week three, right, versus holding them out for a week, now you don't have your starters yeah. against New England's D-line. Now you don't have yeah. your starters against
0: 49ers' D-line. And good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's – that's where a lot of the focus has been as week five. I mean, we even talked about it last week. It's like, let's go ahead and fast forward. Let's go ahead and be 4-0. And Shoot, both of these guys didn't both. work out. New England's D-line is nasty, too. No, they are. We'll, we'll talk about that a little <laughs> bit more tomorrow, right? <laughs> or what was that? Thursday. Thursday is the, that preview. All right. Let's go to Bob in Rio Grande Valley. You're on Talking Cowboys. Bob, what's on your mind?
8: Morning, guys. Appreciate you taking my call. And let me tell you, I love your program. It's, well,
0: thank um, you very much.
8: I've got something for the guy who's one of the two guys on the podcast that I consider to be the voice of reasoning. At uh, This is for Isaiah. <laughs> at, uh, tell me if I'm missing this, uh, Isaiah. Uh, I think that we have the uh, short yardage solution already on our team. I think we have the red zone of, uh, uh, the solution already on our team. And I realize that the guy comes from a small school, but so does Tony Pollard. Uh, I am very, very impressed with Hunter Lutke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and every opportunity that he's been given uh, so far in the preseason and in the regular season, he has excelled. Yeah. He's uh, he's a He runs like a halfback even though he's a fullback. He catches like a slot receiver. He gets yak after he catches the ball. Uh, he's elusive and he's powerful. I think that he would be – Utilizing him more in our offense, particularly in the short uh, yardage situations, would be a benefit. What do you think?
3: Yeah, thank you for the question. I do agree with you that he is a threat and he's a weapon. I think they have been working him in a, a good amount over the last few weeks. Um, he's earning more trust with this with his staff. The the more he goes out there and continues to execute, I don't think it's in it's a personnel issue. Uh, To your point, I don't think it's a personnel issue at all. The more film I watch, the more I believe that these guys are offensively, at least, playing kind of robotic. They're there. When you're in a new system, you're trying to do it exactly like you see it on paper. When you're confident in the system... You start feeling like I can I can start making tweaks to how I run this route, right? When I start feeling comfortable, okay, Dax can understand versus man coverage, and they're playing off or cover zero now instead of running up five yards, putting my foot in the ground and coming in like it shows on paper. Now I can just take one one step and go across because I'm open right now. They're not making those alterations right now. Um, also, I think that you know some of the, the some of the better players on this team are not being utilized correctly um, in that part of the. Of the field, so I think a lot of those things are going to improve, especially when you get your starting offensive line because they will run the ball more. Right, so you might see more Lipke. I think you'll see a good, uh, actually a, a good share of him, but I'm not sure if he'll be the one carrying the ball.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that right now they are relatively healthy at their skill positions, at least having the guys available. And when you look at it, there's just not that many spots available for Lipke to get more touches because are you giving more touches and you're taking Michael Gallup off the field or Brandon Cooks or C.D. Lamb or Tony Pollard? So then it comes down to is he getting more than Jake Ferguson, and then in, in with that tight, tight end group because they're not going to give it more. I mean, there's only 11 players on the field. You can when when the Cowboys are completely healthy, it's pretty cut and dry who are going to get the most touches. You know, so maybe if Lipke was going to get more, it would probably have to cut into, you know, like a Peyton Hendershots role. Mm-hmm. But um, that's about the only person I can see. Maybe you give him some more work there with with the the bigger packages and stuff like that. Just it's tough when they're not going to take a lot of those skill guys off, off the field to bring in, you know, a tight end slash
2: running back slash fullback. Yeah. First off, I was really scared to ask who the other voice of reason was. Now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to know who it is. It's probably
0: you because of the Hunter Lipke <laughs> it, it train. Probably, it had to have right. been,
2: but my ego couldn't handle it not being. <laughs> the, the, um, the
0: captain of the Hunter Lipke fan base over here. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Now it's my favorite topic toot we've toot. ever talked about on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, he got his first two touches on Sunday. He did really well with them. I, specifically the handoff, they had a guy that came right through the A-gap, and he just kind of tiptoed around him and spun mm. around him really quick. It should have been only about a one-yard gain. He ended up turning it into like a stumble and grumble 9 yards yards Uh, really loved what I saw there actually it was something I kind of thought about coming out of the game Um, you know can he be used more in short yardage situations can uh, they use him more in red zone situations I think there's definitely an opportunity there but again get that offensive line healthy and let's see
0: That's how you know Bob is a a long-time listener of this show, is that he, one, called Isaiah the voice of reason. We used to call Isaiah that, like, all the time, right when we first started on this podcast. And then he also listens currently because he brought up Hunter
1: Lipke, and that's the (laughs) Hunter Lipke hype train over here. I mean, I will say I follow a lot of different people that cover this team and cover the NFL. And I don't know many people outside of Isaiah that were talking about how, like, don't Mm -hmm. sleep on this Arizona Cardinals team, don't sleep on this Arizona Cardinals team. And I— I definitely had don't, my pillow and blanket. I credit. was sleeping. I'll say that right now. <laughs> up until, up until even kickoff, I was like, "Nah." I mean, they'll give him a little bit of a run early on, but I'm like fourth. I mean, not even fourth quarter. I'm like second half. They'll come out. They'll they'll straighten this out.
2: I work. will say, 75 yards from Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday nope. when he broke off that 44 yarder on the read option. You puckered up. I, I texted Kyle some <laughs> expletives. <laughs> I thought about looking Turn back at you when it happened.
1: I was like, yeah. I'm not going to do it because I, I know that he's already worried enough, so I'm not going to bring I, this
2: up. I, I definitely texted Kyle a, a, a bad curse word. And, um, you should have seen Kyle's face. Kyle was like, oh, my, my God. You should have seen my I,
6: face. I, I
0: stood up. I was, in, I was sitting down. I had just settled into my chair, and I was getting ready to get my notebook out and start taking notes, and I stood up, and I was like, No! No! Like, just <laughs> yelling at the screen. Everybody in there, outside of Isaiah were like, what is this dude do? talking about? <laughs> I'm
3: sitting there literally like this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He ended the game with two carries for, what, 51 yards? And yeah, he had, yeah. had, he'd had that at the end of the first quarter. If so if they, they just gave him more opportunities. If they would have
1: did more of that, he would <laughs> yeah, have
2: and, and I'll say this. I'll give
1: him a chance. Let's see a few more weeks. Mm. If this is a team that wins, like, three or four games, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to think any differently than I did before the game. Yeah, they yeah, played great. I, had a great game plan. Everything went great. Now is that all of a sudden they got they got lightning in a bottle and this team's about to roll? And, and I'm not saying make the playoffs. Right anything, about Arizona, Arizona. Yeah. But if they're Uh-oh. if they're going to win like eight or nine games, I'll sit back and be like, man, I never saw that coming with that team. But and I'm talking even if Kyler comes back and he's yeah. great and whatever like that. I'm talking about like when I look at that team right now, that looks like a team to me that that's drafting in the top ten.
0: Yeah, Josh Dobbs getting his first career win as a starter. He was zero and four.
2: He was good. Before that. Happy for Buddy. He played well. He's actually a really good dude. Really good quarterback.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go to Brian in Kansas City. When we, well, we'll go come. Brian, hold on for one second. We do need to take a break. So we'll go to Brian in a second. I didn't look at the clock beforehand. That one's on me, guys. I will get to Brian and we'll answer some of your text messages
4: when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment of
0: Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We have Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Let's go to Brian in Kansas City. Sorry for the tease, Brian, but you are on Talking Cowboys. We're ready to go.
6: Good morning, gentlemen.
0: What's going on? morning.
6: Well, you know, I was wondering if you played basketball, Kyle, because that was a pretty good head fake you game. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> I
0: like it. I'm, I'm not as much of a, a ball player as, as Nick Harris to my right. Uh, that's, right. That's the real hooper in the group. Damn right.
6: I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, so, uh, you know, I had, at first, you know, Kyle, every time I call in, I try to remember this, and I never do. I want to just tell you how much I love the draft show and appreciate all the work you guys put into that. It is the it is absolutely fantastic for people like me who don't have time to try to figure all that stuff out. A great way to just listen in and get some really good information from people who have studied those players. Well, I
0: appreciate that, Brian. Thanks for that.
6: So my question is, a lot of people talked about, you know, having three offensive linemen out, asking how much that changed your game plan. And I hate to do this because everybody's asked Isaiah specifically a question this morning, <laughs> but being the quarterback in the room, i just curious, how much of that, how does that get into, you know, I know you can't speak for another man, but when you're preparing and, and in the game in the heat of the moment, how much does, uh, of your mentality does that affect not having your guys with you? And I'll hang up and listen. Have a good one, guys.
3: Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the question. Um, so there's two parts to that. There's a professional side where it's like, okay, you know, next man up doesn't matter. I'm gonna execute the game plan, and then you got the real version of you who's like, dang man, like, all right, I'm gonna be a little bit. I have a little bit less time, you know, with a dual go over. I do with, then I do with Tyron. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, man, we may not be able to run up the middle as much as we wanted to because we're missing our, you know, Zach Martin. You know, so there's there's some actual truth to some of the things that that go on in your head you try to you still try to go out there and execute your game plan but coaches are making changes players are making changes players are making um, you know very educated decisions based upon the reality of the personnel that 's out there, so um you know there's really two guys you got the got a, you got the you got the professional side sitting on one side and you have the the real version sitting on the other shoulder and you, it's a, it's real it's a real balance, but um you still have to go out there and execute that 's the professional side of you you still got to go out there and make it happen. The offensive line honestly didn 't play that bad there were individuals who didn't have great showings, but holistically i don 't think that it was a bad performance by them.
0: There's a couple of text messages that are kind of around that. Uh, I don't have a name on this one specifically, but it's talking about Dak Prescott missing reads. And you've talked about that a couple times in the past, couple years in the past of it happens for every quarterback. But it's happened significantly for Dak, especially these last two seasons. Did you see any more of that on Sunday? And is that something that you should probably keep an eye on? Yeah, I mentioned, was it Gannon,
3: the head coach, yeah. um, former defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. I mentioned that during my my weekly review that he's, I guess it was on Thursday, right? Yeah. My um, scouting report that he he has given Dak problems. Dak has struggled with that. He does a great job disguising his coverages. It showed up again. It did show up again. Dak got lucky. There was about three balls that should have been picked off that Dak should not have thrown. There was some, some old characteristics of Dak that crept back in this most recent week, and he just didn't. It wasn't apparent to the general public because they weren't picked off. They were just kind of batted down or tip balls that kind of went as incomplete. But the decision behind throwing them was like, bro, what, what, are, you, what are you doing?
0: And Do you think, think that's a byproduct of having a makeshift offensive line no. and having that other side, that other shoulder, or is that just? Nope. I think bad I think, performance. I
3: think, it was just bad. I think it was just bad performance. He did not have. He didn't have the greatest of his showings. Um, and like I said, luckily, you know, I mentioned this last year. I think one time where I was like, hey. There was a one a couple of games was like he should have had a few picks. And it's like, oh no, it, it wasn't that bad and the next day, next game it showed up and that time they got picked off, right? So I'm hoping that he doesn't revert back to what it was. A lot of those decisions that I'm referring to really came when he came when he got out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when he's in the pocket, it's really one, two, three, get it out, right? Or catch, you know, set your feet, throw, just because of how this offense is 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 kind of created. But when he got out of the pocket, he he was still start starting he went back to trying to force things that weren't there.
1: On those three that you're talking about, were did you find them to be uh, worse, same level? How did they compare to the interception?
3: Uh, well, the interception was a very scripted—I mean, I do to say—that's not the best word to use. Um, it was, that play was dialed up. Like, they knew what the coverage was going to be. Telegraphed. Yeah. It, I mean, they, they, knew, they knew what it was going to be, right? So— Just because you know what it's going to be and just because you see the coverage as you practiced it doesn't mean that everything got executed the way it should have been. Mm -hmm. Um, B. Cooks didn't run the best of routes. Um, Dak should not have thrown the ball the way he threw the ball. I think the read was right, but the timing on that particular play has to be so precise. The ball has to be absolutely perfect because if you go back and watch it, if that guy doesn't pick it off, then there's literally the the two safeties that were split safeties, which is why this play was ran, right? He's, a, he's he's faking as if he's running the over route. He runs it off that middle linebacker, puts his foot in the ground. He's supposed to go over the top. I ran that route a thousand times in practice. That's just a great scheme. But it has to be done correct because if you don't, if you throw the ball with low trajectory, he gets picked off by a 6'4 linebacker. I
2: think, you, I think what he tried to do instead was like zip it by his ear, and he, there was no yeah, there's, zip there's at no, all. There's no, there's no, there's <laughs> there no, no zipping.
3: Zip. I mean, there's – There's no zipping on that. The play, it has to be the perfect environment for that play, and it just wasn't the perfect environment. So you Mm -hmm. have to either throw a perfect ball with perfect timing, or you got to come off of that read, and that decision obviously didn't happen.
0: Uh, I want to hit some of the text messages that we've been getting. One of my favorites so far is a really good question from Patrick in Las Vegas. Uh, Was the problem on the run defense just a scheme issue or a lack of execution issue where where does it start from stopping the run nick
2: whenever you look back at the film
0: is Execution scheme. Where does it need to start
2: first? I don't think it was necessarily a scheme issue. I think Arizona had the right scheme, though. I, I mean, it was a lot of pull action. Uh, offensive linemen were were designed to get into the second level. Everyone had a responsibility pre snap, and it was getting a lot of those guys were getting into the second level with Marquise Bell or Donovan Wilson, uh, guys that were you know trying to come down and defend the run. And you could look at the Joshua Dobbs run. Donovan Wilson he just misses the hole, so that's that's a um, that's just bad gap integrity. Yeah, uh, he was supposed to come around to the outside. He just never he Joshua Dobbs never even faked to go inside. He was coming around the whole time. Donovan Wilson just missed coming in. Uh, there was a big play that um, I, I believe it was the, on the Rondell Moore touchdown, the 45 yarder, uh, where Marquise Bell got held up in the second level. I mean, it was just a really good block coming in, and Marquise couldn't do anything about that. Uh, that's just a really good scheme by uh, by Arizona. And there was one where they had a receiver come into the hole, and um, th- they were able to uh, uh, lead the way for James Conner. James Conner picked up about a 50 to 20 yard gain. So. There was a lot of pull action, and I, I, we hadn't seen a lot of that in the first two weeks. And I think you know that second level is still young. I think they were uh, you know taking it back a little bit. I think that was a huge contributor to the run defense problems. But overall the The biggest problem there was no push up front. Guys were getting flushed out completely. I mean, Michael Parsons was uh, almost ineffective as, as he could be in the mm-hmm. run game. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence had a couple of big plays, but you know I've always said on the show I think he's the best run defender on that defensive line. He didn't ha- he was getting flushed out. I mean they were trying to take the edges completely out and just ram that interior, and they did a great job of it.
1: Uh, those big plays in the first half, the the four really big <clears throat> runs, 20 plus runs, all to the left, all the way from Demarcus Lawrence. I, I think I felt like we probably yep. were on purpose you know even one of them on what i call it the kyle play where uh you know uh Banderesh is the right edge and yeah. micah's up over the center one of them gave you know that turned into one of those big plays like that as well but i'm just always gonna think of it as a kyle play now because why that, that? question the dan quinn when you asked him about it in at training camp yeah. and dan didn't yeah. want to do he asked dan at, at uh yeah. training camp about the like oh you know on those plays where you know how did it become a kyle play? yeah how is it a kyle play I don't
0: know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I'm the idiot. Nick that's play. Right. That's, it's that's the right. Nick play. That's right. That's, right. Right. that's, right. that's
4: right. right. I'm sorry. It was Nick that
0: said it to him. I'm like, I was like, wait a second. My bad. What are you my talking bad. Bad. about? I'm sorry. I'm, you I'm you were
1: looking shot? at him. I, I'm an idiot. I'm, no, it's funny. Your that's your I'm good. Sorry. Good. Yes, a Nick. A Nick play. Yes.
2: My bad. I'm an idiot. I was like, how did it turn to me? I was like, Nick was the one that asked the question. Why a 50 sit beam? And I'm gonna. What did he say? Get on me for? That's right. That's right. Whenever penalties. Whenever
0: penalties come into fruition, that's when it's a Kyle situation. Whenever I ask about penalties, bad, that's sorry. when it happens like that. That's fun though. go. Uh, I mean, there's there's a ton of these text messages. I'm I'm trying to bunch a bunch of them together. This one specifically from the five seven zero says: Watching Philadelphia run against Tampa Bay last night provided some more of the the concern with the run defense. Of course, you've seen what Philadelphia can do. New England can run the ball. Run the ball too. They can. They can tote the rock as well. How concerned are you going into these next three games, Isaiah? Whenever it comes to slowing down the run, if those things aren't fixed.
3: Uh, New England, I'm not too worried. I think Dallas does a, a relatively good job against teams that just line up and come downhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like, I, like I mentioned last week, you know, Arizona poses an issue because of their style of run. Right, They run the zone read scheme. Um, they do a good job with a lot of movement, a lot of misdirection. Misdirection kills this defense and really puts their feet in, in quicksand. They yes. just stop their feet and they're like, okay, now what, what's happening? And then the second level, Van Der Esch took terrible angles this week. I mean, he's not fast as it is. So you can't take a bad angle and be slow. Um, It's just a bad combination. And then, you know, defensive ends got taken out of the game because the zone read holds defensive ends. Running quarterbacks hold defensive ends. Um, So when you have a a defensive end that's in a wide nine technique and all of a sudden he stays out there, well, there's a gaping hole right on the inside, especially when you're running stunts with your defensive line, right? You you don't have gap discipline. So those type of schemes, uh, San Francisco proposes those same issues, obviously, because all the misdirection and motions and, all the things that the snap of the ball. New England is not as much, not as much. I think that I think I don't think that's going to be as much of a struggle. They're going to be adamant about trying to come downhill and run the ball. Obviously, that's just that's Coach Belichick. But Billy O'Brien wants to throw the ball, uh, so that's going to be the struggle.
1: How about when uh, Dan was asked about making sure it was Dan? Now all these names are messing yeah. my. But when Dan was asked <laughs> specifically about the linebackers, how he did not want to. Call any of them out, so he turned it into. It Let me them. just tell you about the three people that did play well. Yeah, and it was, was like right. Demarcus Lawrence, Malik Hooker, and Daron Bland. And, and like it, after I tweet that, there's so many people that were throwing Hooker under the bus for that for that big play. Yeah, yeah it listen, it was not Hooker. Osa that did really
3: well. Hooker. Osa's been balling all year. Yeah. he's been doing a great job of getting penetration. D Law obviously had a good job. Did a good job of getting back there. Uh, Goldston, uh, when he got back there, he was doing yeah. a great job as well. Big Hankins is Big Hankins. Um, it's just. Guys are just like you to your point. You know, I showed this on a film room last week. Guys are just getting they're getting washed. Um, and Arizona does a good job of that. When you wash, when you even if one man has bad gap discipline and you can get him boom, turned and that defense end stale, staying out there, you have two gaps of openness. Um, so big runs are
1: going to happen, especially if your second level is taking bad angles. So, who else are going to be major problems then going forward?
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean, over just over, I'm not going to look past the next couple of weeks, but I, I think New England. Run wise, I'm not. I'm not threatened yeah. by them. Run wise, will they be persistent? Yes, they are very persistent and bullheaded. If, if they have a even an inch that they can take, they're going to take it. But I think they want to throw the ball. They, they the tight ends is where you need to have your attention at this week, and who's going to be guarding those guys? Um, and but San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco is going to run the ball forty times at Dallas. They they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They do not care.
2: Man, the way Philly ran the ball last night, they looked really good. Yep. The only thing that I think could get in Philly's way is they forced the pass way too much. Like when they don't even need to. They like, haven't got that's because I, the offensive coordinator, that.
3: they haven't got in sync yet. It's mm.
2: it's wild. Yeah. But like there were times they shouldn't have even been throwing in a situation and they were just forcing things down Like they were trying to like, prove to themselves that they can throw it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got it in the exactly. bag. It's
0: happening. But
2: it didn't. Yeah, great. it looked strange yeah. at times. But it their running not... game, really, really good. DeAndre Simmons. No, they can run. He's. He's their guy. He's their guy. All right. Well, great questions
0: all the way across the board today. I thought all three callers were fantastic. Gary, Bob, Brian, our text line was blowing up. We didn't even get close to all the texts. Thanks for the engagement, y'all. We appreciate it. Every Talking Tuesday, we're taking the phone calls, we're taking the text messages, may even sprinkle in a couple tomorrow, but we have got the defensive preview (laughs) tomorrow. What is the defense going to sprinkle some more into? uh, What does the defense look like? In a rebound effort against Ezekiel Elliott and the New England Patriots. Freaky
3: Ezekiel's back.
0: I asked uh I asked Osa Digizua last night on the Cowboys hour. I was like, have you thought about hitting Zeke yet. And he goes, actually, I have. So they're already starting to get into it. Uh, really excited to, to talk about that defensive preview. Plus, we're going to have John's National Storylines segment, the debut of a brand-new segment here on Talking Cowboys. But that does it for us here on a Talking Tuesday. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys.
2: You guys are out. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Beamer. Beamer. Thanks, Beamer.
1: Sorry, Nick.
4: <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
7: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!